Craig Bullerjack's weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bullerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are the Utah Jazz after a long road trip? Four and two well, on what was supposed to be a seven-game trip. But, on what was supposed yeah. to be a seven, but they came home a day early, and I don't think they probably minded that, having to go from Cleveland to Washington then back home to Salt Lake City. Nothing like putting the schedule together where you, you, you work your way back home instead of going all the way to the East Coast and back. But, no, I, you know, I think some positive things came out of it. Um, you know, Donovan made the statement. Uh, we got to find out, you know, who we truly are, and I think slowly they've began to chip away at that. Even himself, I think there's a seems to be a little bit more of a consistency there. Um, you know, Bogey's been up and down, but Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson have been as consistent as you would, you know, you could imagine. So, uh, you know, good things, but also teams that were decimated by injury. I think the one positive uh, is they didn't play down to the opponent. Um, most of the trip, they got a nice win in San Antonio, Milwaukee, um, you know, coulda, shoulda in New York, uh, Brooklyn is not the same team than it was, uh, about a, what, a week ago. So, you know, the ever changing NBA, but I thought, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was good. And tomorrow night, Atlanta, then you go back on the road, then you get a homestand and it could be a a nice, a nice uh, run to the end of the month. So I was telling DJ this little story with the game the other night being on early. My wife's not a big uh, NBA fan regular season, but with a 5 o'clock start, I'm going to be watching it upstairs, and so she's going to be sitting there, uh, see the TV on, and uh, the other night the favors comes out and just gets a bunch of blocks right off the right off the bat, and she says to me, wow, Fave is really playing well this year, and it got me thinking that that is just a major upgrade and yeah. over the course of time, which is what the season postseason is, those types of things make a difference. Oh, PK, it's, I think it's already been so impactful because once you know Rudy goes to the bench, whether it's for uh, you know a break, foul trouble, uh, there's really no drop-off in the sense of what the second unit's going to do. You know, obviously Clarkson's having a special year, um, and, you know, and Joe's healthy and playing, it's, it's uh, you know, it's He's trying to find his way, but D. Faves just does the little things. You know, three blocks um, just the other night, and, you know, he's just a defensive presence and a rebounder. Doesn't take a lot of shots. Uh, he's averaging between, you know, 14, 17 minutes. You know, that could change as the season goes on, but, uh, you know, you're right, and, and your lovely wife's right. I mean, she, he makes an impact, and I think there's just a sensibility with the second unit that there's no drop off. Nothing nothing against Tony Bradley who was still in that developmental stage, but you bring Brad back favors who knows really the system, the coach, uh the teammates, his locker room. Uh, he just, you know, fits in. Um is he an offensive, you know, juggernaut? He could be on some nights, but mostly his job I think he understands to be a defensive presence and rebound and give second chance opportunities and then play at the rim, you know, for buckets is what he, what we saw him do before and also what he's doing now. So Bowler, you know how the show works. Uh, PK handles all the positive stuff and then I handle all the negative stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. Joe Ingles loved his consecutive game streak and he loves playing 
And when he missed a game, I thought, that Achilles is probably way worse than whatever one sentence I hear describing it is. And then he misses a second game, which I actually think, well, the streak's gone, and they all know they can win this game by 30 without Joe. And they won the game by 30 without Joe. So I don't put up the red flag for the second game so much, but the first one, and knowing the Memento curse story, yeah, got to yeah. say it makes me queasy. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a doctor, and I don't get to examine it, so I'm only going off what I can see on TV. But i got to say the red flag is really up for me. Well, you know, the other part of it, too, though, he had the night's rest and he came back, and then there was another, you know, the, 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 the second night, um, you know, obviously in Cleveland. But then I wondered to myself, too, uh, if we're looking at conspiracies here, uh, what if knowing that they, the Jazz knew Washington wasn't going to happen before the press mm-hmm. did, yeah. knowing then they had two games that he would not, you know, play and allow him to really rest and rehab it until tomorrow night's game against Atlanta could be a real possibility. Uh, but you know what? What you bring up is a great point uh, of memo because we know he tried to play through that and then popped it. Uh, we're just thinking about it the other night. Uh, was it Denver? Yeah, it was in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, the playoffs against the Nuggets. And he went down, and of course, the career was forever changed. So, you know, as, as, as years go on and the technology and the investment, you know, you look at age, but still Durant popped in Achilles at what age, 30, 30 or 31, and now he's 32. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful. And so I think you, you know, you just, when you hear Achilles, uh, you back off and you let a player make the decision along with doctor's input. But, yeah, for yeah, Joe but... to step away from 384, uh, you know, the 400 number, you know, I thought was obviously something on his radar for this year and beyond. But uh, I figured the same thing, that, you know, something's flared up that uh, isn't going to allow him on the floor tonight to stop such a streak. Uh, maybe it takes the pressure off of him as well. But that's not Joe. You guys know Joe as well as anybody. I mean, Joe isn't that way. He wants to play, and that's uh, that's that's the, that's the driving force behind his game. I do think, though, when he is playing, and I asked him this the other day uh, after the practice, that he looks way more comfortable in my mind and my eyes with the second team than he did last year. Yeah, he's talked about that, PK, just the other day. He finally opened up a little bit on on the Zoom uh, media call. Um, and he, you know, that, that was the question, you know, I think it, you know, if I was in his shoes, look, as a starter, it's an adjustment. You want to be a starter in this league. And I know he says the right things, but I think he feels comfortable too, PK with, with, uh, his pocket guy faves back and there, you know, he's really terrific with assists and open passing. I mean, he's got a great touch. Uh, but he's got Jordan Clarkson running with him. And I think it's a really impactful second unit. And I think it takes time, you know, for anybody. I would for me to say, okay, my role's changed. Uh, I can start if needed, but basically 90% of the time, this is what I'm going to be doing, uh, depending on matchups. But I think he, to your point, yes, from last year to this year, I think he understands. Uh, even more so, and he's fit that role much, much better. Even though he had the slow start to three, he hasn't forgotten how to shoot the three ball. There's no doubt. And he'll have, you know, that's the rhythm that you have to get used to. I think he was talking about is when you come off the bench, it's now. And uh, you don't have a chance to really warm up while you're, uh, you know, on the floor as a starter. You have to watch and learn why you 
wait your turn and then uh, make an impact when you jump on the floor. And I think, you know, he's, he's there. I, I just hope he stays healthy uh, because he's a big part of what the Jazz do. So nobody really likes to call out other individual players by name, but I think one of the big reasons Joe is better this year is because he is surrounded by better players. And I think when he was on the floor, at the, especially at the start of last season, obviously Clarkson was an upgrade when he came, but right. there were not enough players who were a good offensive threat, and so he wasn't getting open looks, and he didn't have anyone to throw the ball to who could finish. Anyone might be a little bit of a stretch, but there were usually two non-scorers on the floor with him when yeah. he was playing. There were a lot of his minutes where there were two non-scorers on the floor, and that was a problem. And now when he goes out there, yeah, they're, they're, they're backups, but they can all score. When they, when they are told to space the floor, everyone can execute their role, which means he doesn't he see the second defenders often. And when he does, whoever he gives the ball to can score from wherever they are on the floor at that moment. So now he looks great. I really think it's because he's out there with five good players or four other good players instead of two other good players. Yeah, and I'll toss into this. I think the rotation, he also plays with starters. And so I think you're right. No matter what Quinn has, he's been kind of tight on his rotations with eight, maybe nine with Mieoni. But uh, Joe's also getting a chance to be on the floor with a couple of starters, uh, whether it's Mike at one time or Donovan, what have you, it, it, with the guards. But no, I'm with you. I, I just think the fact that Jordan Clarkson now uh, is is such a big part of that second unit and, and Joe and Derek Favors have reunited, uh, yeah, there there's energy there. And I think Joe's excited. He was forced to take shots late last year, mm-hmm. too, I thought, in, in shot clocks because he was really, as you said, the, the only viable option offensively. So the pressure to hit those shots, he was looking around going, well, I've got to do my thing. And at times it was it was difficult to watch. And the reason why they pulled the trigger, and I'll be honest, you know, Dante just has battled injuries throughout. And, and I don't know if he'll ever, you know, achieve the status or the level that the Jazz hoped he would. And, and now, obviously, he's in, he's in Cleveland, but injured again. Well, but to get now. Jordan Clarkson back in return, unbelievable, unbelievable trade that has made uh, a, a big difference for this franchise. What do you make of the Harden situation in that massive trade? PK, uh, you know, the league is crazy as it is, but this one just is, is crazy, crazier. You know, I don't know how you guys feel, and I'm sure you guys have had discussions about it. Um, I, I just find it odd that – no, I don't find it odd. I guess it's what the league is today, where a superstar can dictate what he does, where he goes, and how it's done. And I know that – disappoints many fans um i'm not sure the big three is going to work it's going to be a stress on a rookie head coach steve nash despite the great player that he was uh Kyrie's missing in action durant's off an, uh, an achilles all three are aging all three have incredibly heavy contracts i'm not sure they can coexist and i'm not sure if the rockets got you know their fair worth but I, you know, also look what the Nets gave up for that run. I mean, Boston did it, uh, aging veterans, and it's just crazy. It's a crazy world out there. And this this trade kind of, to me, is a, is kind of a, a definition of what's going on and also just in the sense of, you know, 
letting guys dictate where they go and, and, and what they do. I mean, can you imagine in the, you know, with the Jazz or, you know, a multitude of teams where a guy just says, we're not good enough? You know, we're, and it's, I know it, 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 it stunned the Rockets and the fan base because he was such probably, what, would you not say he was the second best player behind Elijah Wan? Yeah. Or maybe he was even at that level. I, I don't know. But, yeah, that had to be uh, a huge disappointment. And the way he came back and the way he's been, uh, you know, been out of shape and also, you know, hasn't worn the mask, the protocols at the NBA and the tightening of those protocols just in the last 48 hours. Yeah, it's 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 a mess. But now it's Brooklyn's, uh, you know, problem. We'll see where it goes. So when you uh, look at the Jazz and you look at the other good teams in the West – and there are a lot of teams within a half game or a game of the Jazz. Can you see the Jazz being top three at the end of the year? Or what's your level of faith? Yeah, I know you can see it, but what is your level of faith that they actually will be top three and be able to pull it off? Well, I mean, look, they beat the they beat the Clippers, they beat the Bucks. Uh, they they have, I think, all the ability, guys, uh, as long as they just run their offense. But look, it's the power of the three, right? Uh, if you hit, you look great. If you don't, then you have to go to a, a, a different way of, of playing and understand that you know you can still score um, inside mid range. Uh, I know that the league is stuck on threes, but you know when the Jazz are, are hitting, they're one of the most impactful teams in the NBA. You know, looking at this, this, the, the top eight right now, it's the Lakers, Clippers, which I think people expected. Uh, the Jazz are right there with the Suns and the Blazers at 7-4. and four. And then comes Dallas, Golden State, and San Antonio will never quit on you. I think maybe Denver, obviously, is a surprise right now. New Orleans uh, is a bit of a surprise at 4-6. and six. And the Rockets, with the turmoil they've had, they're near the bottom with the Timberwolves. So, you know, here we are, 11 games, 12 games in, 13 games in for the Lakers, and you're starting to see the West and the East uh, kind of d- divide itself, and uh, there's a few surprises in there. But to your question, I thought last year the Jazz, you know, had the, p- had the potential to be a home court team. Uh, some thought they'd be number two. Right now, they're number three. But man, it's early. And it all depends too on the health of the rest of this, uh, the rest of the West. But it's a difficult. Hey, it's a buzzsaw, as I say every night in this league, man. Uh, Phoenix is a much better club. Chris Paul gives them veteran leadership. You know what the Blazers give you every night with the backcourt. Uh, Dallas is was supposed to or may be one of the top two or three, four teams in the West as the season progresses. So there's a long, long way to go. And you know what the other thing I think will impact? who, What teams play and who stays healthy? What does COVID do uh, to the East and the West? And how many games are going to be postponed or canceled? And how is that going to be played out? you know, at the mid-break and then at the end of the season before playoffs. I'm not sure how – I don't know how the second half of the season is going to work, but obviously, guys, right, will they make up games or do you just play them as is uh, or do you, are the standings going to stay as is? So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if the Jazz make up the Washington game. Uh, you know, I know they've got to go back east one more time. Maybe they fit it in some way. Uh, but that's going to be the big question, I think, as this season continues on is – how many players stay healthy, and how many games that they actually play along the way. We're seeing a little uptick right now in games being postponed. 
I think they replay these games when they announce the second half of the schedule. I think they yeah. only announced half of the schedule on uh, on purpose, but because they've already cut it from 82 to 72, and we know the regional sports networks, most of these teams have got to play about 70 games to get the full right. payday. They I do. figure they're not going below that number. Whatever the number is to get the full payday, they're going to get to that number because they've already given up some ticket revenue. They've already given up some luxury suite revenue, concessions, merchandising. So they're going to get that TV money. Well, here's the thing, too. PK and DJ is that they have a set stop date, right, of, of May 16th. Now, does that have to be extended? But you have to worry about the Olympics as well. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the second half indicates and how long the break is between half one, half two, uh, and then, of course, how long they extend it to make up these games that are starting to now kind of pile up a bit after about a month into the season. So I don't know if it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, you hope. They're doing an incredible thing to try to even play, you know, a season, but they're not in the bubble. There's a lot of responsibility out there with players, and the league made that statement again just two days ago. And that's why I kind of sit back and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with Brooklyn because you have a couple of players there that seem to be oblivious to what's going on. And that's that could be a real problem for teams um, in the East. Really could. Even though on paper you got the big three, but I'm not sure, PK. I don't know what your thoughts are, man. But I, I, I don't know that the chemistry is going to work from day one. I really, I really don't. Well, not I, all three. No. Yeah, I don't know if Irving's going to rejoin the team. So yeah, <laughs> there's well, a lot I mean, of question marks out there. Yeah, the talk was they were surprised that wasn't part of the trade, right? But uh, if you can't get him on the floor, um, and you know Harden is what looked to be quite out of shape and not really involved in, you know, being a teammate uh, and, you know, understanding the protocol of the NBA at the time. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, Durant's, you know, had an incredible career. He's a great talent, but at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of contract money there that Brooklyn took on. And, uh, uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of seems like it's always been that way with the Nets, always trying to, you know, manufacture something. A lot of teams do. And, you know, sometimes it works, but most of the times you get into a situation where it doesn't work. I mean, Durant's had his, you know, he took off from OKC to Golden State, Golden State now to, to Brooklyn, and we'll see how it works out. But that, that's, a, that's a tough task for Steve Nash, there's no doubt. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, you got Joe this morning? No, we do not. No, no, no Joe. Okay, I was going to tell you. Tell them to have a cup of coffee on me. Send me the bill. <laughs> Thanks, Bullard. All right, see you soon. Craig Bullard-Jack's weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. With 16 neighborhood health centers, U of U Health has a game plan for your family's care. Visit uofuhealth.org slash jazz.